the right-wing extremism is very loud, but we actually are the majority. Black Virginia News is sponsored by Virginia Nation Tees. Visit VirginianationTees at Etsy.com. This is episode 22 of the Black Virginia News podcast. This is Lauren Burke. And on this episode, we're going to be talking about one of the biggest problems in our politics today, which is lying. Lying, disinformation, and misinformation. I'm going to be talking with one of the leaders of Red Wine and Blue, Penny Edwards Blue. So talk about Red Wine and Blue. So Red Wine and Blue uh, is a community of a half a million diverse suburban women across the United States that work together to defeat right-wing extremism. Uh, We provide the community and the tools so that women can organize locally uh, to fight the right-wing extremism that's going on in their specific communities. And there are few in our politics who are even talking about how you combat extremism and misinformation. About a year ago at Stanford, Former President Barack Obama made a speech on this very topic about misinfo and disinfo. For more and more of us, search and social media platforms aren't just our window into the Internet. They serve as our primary source of news and information. No one tells us that the window is blurred, subject to unseen distortions and subtle manipulations. All we see is a constant feed of content where useful, factual information and happy diversions and cat videos flow alongside lies, conspiracy theories, junk science, quackery, white supremacists, racist tracts, misogynist screeds. And over time, we lose our capacity to distinguish between fact, opinion, and wholesale fiction. This is the podcast for Black Virginia. You are listening to the podcast for Black Virginia News, the first and only platform that covers all of Black Virginia. We have a problem with misinformation and disinformation and extremism in this country. At a time when the technology has been democratized to the part where anybody can use it to put out information, that's what kind of started this. This misinformation and disinformation problem coincides with a media that is either reluctant to correct things, too stupid to correct things, or agreeing with the politics of the things that are inaccurate that get published. And that is a bad combination right at the moment when Donald Trump shows up. Lying about the 2020 election, saying over and over that he won, which of course he did not. He lost by 8 million votes. And getting those lies into the bloodstream of our media and the media just replaying that and allowing him to do that. So 
There aren't a lot of people who are trying to combat extremism and or lying in our politics, but Penny Blue is one of those people. And we spoke about a month ago on this topic and the work of Red Wine and Blue. Do you find that it's working? How is it working? Effectively, what you appear to be doing, of course, I learned about this really hands-on for the first time at Network Nova. I was glad to meet you there. But, you know, what it boils down to is that it's like a one-on-one conversation, a one-on-one effort to effectively, you know, combat lying. What is, can you quantify whether or not that works or can you tell me, I think anecdotally, frankly, I think it does work, but I, I want you to tell, you know, what anecdotally are you seeing in what you're doing? Well, anecdotally it works and we can measure and have measured that it, it works. It's called relational organizing, but it's what we do every day. It's what we do naturally. I call it red, wine, and blue superpower. It's uh, friend talking to friend, woman talking to woman about the particular issue. And if you talk to people about the issue, and especially this day and time, if you talk to women about the issue, uh, then they, for the most part, majority are going to be on the right side of the issue. And that's one of the things that uh, we share is that the right wing extremism is very loud, but we actually are the majority. <clears throat> Excuse. Me. And so when I say it's um, we can measure it, um, there are statistics out there. Uh, relational organizing friend to friend is 15 times uh, more effective than strangers knocking on your door, which if you think about it, makes sense. It's 22 times more effective than getting a text message from someone and 200 times more effective than a TV ad. So again, it's uh, someone you trust that you're having a conversation with. And even when you do door knocking and phone calling, like I have uh, done that in the past, because it's still needed. But even when you do that, you try to get people in the community that they're in to go do the door knocking because we know uh, when people know each other, it, it makes a difference. And then Red, Wine and Blue itself, we've done an independent study on the work that Red, Wine and Blue did in 2022. And the stats from that came back that um, the voter turnout was 8.5 to 10.5% uh, more than it was the previous year because of our relational organizing. So we can quantify it. And, and we actually have a tool that we utilize. Um, we utilize a tool called Rally. And what we share with our um, participants is it helps you organize the, the people you need to, that you wanna talk to so that you can make certain you go down the list of everybody that you know, and you document these conversations that you have. And then as a whole, we can just like um, when you door knock, you um, identify the doors you've knocked on. When you place phone calls, you identify the phone calls you've made. Well, this tool helps us identify the people we have reached out to. And as a whole, we can determine if we have reached out to the appropriate number of people in the different districts that we are focused on. Subscribe to Black Virginia News at blackvirginianews.substack.com. We are across the United States, but we have a ground game in five states. Uh, Red, wine, and blue started in Ohio. 
by a suburban mom because she saw that um, the impact that either the suburban, the suburban moms had because they did vote or the lack of impact they had because they didn't vote. So that's why she started um, this organization. So it started in Ohio, quickly spread to North Carolina, Pennsylvania, and Michigan. And we just came to Virginia in May when they um, hired me as the Virginia organize, Virginia program organizer on May 15th. Then uh, by the end of that month, I had hired the deputy organizer. And one of the things I like about our work together is that I am in Southwest Virginia, where I call the real Virginia. <laughs> and she is in Northern Virginia. And, and, and we really gel really well together and work well together. And then this past month, uh, I hired six regional organizers. Three came on board on the 15th and the other three just came on board on the 28th this past Monday. And I hired these regional organizers based on uh, my work with other groups such as America Votes, the Virginia Grassroots Coalition, the Rural Ground Game, uh, We the People for Education, where we've identified, let's say, about five to seven specific Senate seats that we have to win in Virginia to maintain that blue wall and about seven to 10 house seats that we have to uh, gain in order to flip the house. I get it. So, so that's our focus. Right. So the, so the, does red wine and blue give people a script or is this common sense? The reason I ask that is some of the lying on the Republican side, which I think is deliberately strategic it goes big. They're not lying on small topics. These people lied on an entire election, you know, and as somebody who has a lot of friends working in the U.S. Capitol, which is where I used to work once upon a time, including my boyfriend, who is a U.S. Capitol police officer mm. on Senate chambers, even more specifically on Senate chambers. I'm sensitive about the fact that these people came up. And in fact, some of them are in court today as we speak, some of the Proud Boys and they believed it. I mean, they absolutely believe that that election is I don't need to tell anybody by what we've already seen online, you know, on, on TV with their with their interviews. They absolutely believed that that election had been stolen. And so does red, white and blue give people a script or are you just doing the common sense thing of saying to your neighbor, you know, you may want to look at these facts, these facts and those facts and understand that what you've been hearing is completely inaccurate? Uh, well, we do several things. Um, we don't give a specific script, but we give talking points. And part of the talking points is that um, you can share facts, but you want to share stories um, uh, of things that have actually happened. Because what you will find, um, I've been in politics for a long time. My family's been in politics for a long time. So as far as I'm concerned, uh, what the right wing is doing is nothing new. Uh, I always tell people, if you understand your history, then you can understand better what's going on today. And so actually what they are doing is where in the past they were doing dog whistles. Now they're just barking and shouting. So it's really nothing new. So we share with people the talking points. The other thing we share with people is, again, 
This right-wing extremism is the minority. They're just very loud. So don't be afraid to have the conversations with people about what is really going on. And, and the other piece of that is um, with the right-wing extremism, you know, they used to always be hollering abortion or for a long time, right. uh, the, the people have been saying, you know, with regard to Roe v. Wade, they right. believe in, in, in the right to live. Right. Well, now the dog has caught the car. Right? right. And they right. don't know what to do with it. And right. they're still going out. Well, we've got some brand new breaking new polling news on one of the most pressing issues facing our country right now abortion rights. Ahead of the one-year anniversary of the landmark Supreme Court decision that overturned Roe v. Wade, 61% of voters say they disapprove of the Dobbs decision last year, which ruled there was not a constitutional right to abortion and left the legality of abortion up to individual states. 36% of folks approve of this decision. So who's in that 61% who disappro uh, disapprove of the Dobbs decision? 80% of those folks are female voters from ages 18 to 49. Two thirds are suburban women. 60% of independents and even a third of now, Republican voters. When you have so these conversations with women, it's not about um, you, you thinking about it from a, um, a possible perspective. It is actually women's health that, that's on the line. Uh, women that can share their stories about the impact and them almost dying and those types of things. So that's the type of thing that we share with people is um, not specific scripts, but talking points. And every Tuesday we have what we call um, trouble, trouble, uh, what do you call it? Um, troubleshooting? No, trouble. No, um, do y'all have every, every Tuesday we have troublemaker training? Okay. And every Thursday we have Ask Me Anything. And that's one of the things I, I love about Red Wine and Blue. Uh, I attend these and I have learned so much because um, an example of one, they had four mothers that had transgender children, mm -hmm. two were transfer trans were going from boy to girl and two were going from girl to boy. And they get to actually share their experiences. And they struggled with it in, in, in the beginning. And then the next week they had a, a doctor on that actually treats you know these children. So I have learned so much about it. And then listening to the, the Roanoke County School Board, I guess a couple of weeks ago, about a month ago, uh, these transgender students getting up and talking and uh, me understanding the suicide rate and, 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 you know, what they're actually doing to individuals and people. So that's the strength of woman to woman conversation is, is putting it in real people's lives and the impact that it's actually having on people. Yeah. So it's a real person with that experience talking to other people about it and demystifying the thing that was vilified on Fox News or right wing radio, whatever the heck, where was, wherever the first time they've, they've heard it. And of course, as black people, we know a little bit of something about that. It's like yeah. the lack of familiarity drives bigotry in, in a nanosecond, you know, uh, and ignorance. And, and, and can I add one other thing? Here yeah. Is, 
when, when they have those conversations, we also share with people, if you run into someone that is um, has bought into all of the information that you're talking about, right? leave them alone because they're in the minority. Have mm-hmm. the conversations with the people that um, that are, are maybe the, the independents or the people that have left the Republican Party because of all the nonsense. And if you talk the issue, and um, most people are on the right side of the issue. Right, yeah. And I think most people, too, are just common sense driven rather than hard political party driven. Follow Black Virginia News on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Black Virginia News and on TikTok and Twitter at Black Virginia News. Send comments and tips to blackvirginianews at gmail.com. Lauren Victoria Burke is a member of investigative reporters and editors, NABJ, and the Ida B. Wells Society. Miss Burke has appeared on CNN and MSNBC and appears regularly on Roland Martin Unfiltered. Uh, but talk to me about talk to me about where you are in Virginia because I want to keep it rural and keep it Virginia uh, and talk to me about your political experience and uh, 2008 talk to me a little bit about that I am in Franklin County Virginia um, we are the moonshine capital of the world <laughs> I tell people the uh, history channel says we're the moonshine capital so we must be the moonshine capital it's beautiful country. We're at the foothills of, of the Blue Ridge Mountains. Um, I am, uh, Smith Mountain Lake is gorgeous. When I go out and do my morning walks, it's like I'm looking at, in a storybook. It, it is absolutely gorgeous. With that being said, <laughs> I, live, <laughs> I, I, I live out in the country and I grew up on a farm and I'm number nine of 10 children. And that's what's the norm for this area uh, during that time. Um, and in 2008, well, I, I graduated high school. Uh, I graduated from Hampton University with a mathematics degree. I went to work for IBM. I uh, stayed there for 25 years and I retired as a delivery project executive. While there, I obtained my MBA from Duke University and got certified in project management. My dad was 95 and needed some assistance. So that's what brought me back to Franklin County. Mm-hmm. And so I decided, oh, I'll teach in the school system. You know, that's how I can give back. Well, they decided, decided they didn't want me in the school system. But the problem wasn't just uh, a black-white issue in the school system. If you understand rural Virginia, uh, the black some of the black people didn't want me in the school system either. And why was that? Well, I'm a troublemaker. Uh, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> I know a little something about that. <laughs> I say good trouble. You know, John Lewis, good trouble. And right. that's why I fit with red, wine, and blue so well. It's because they hired me as a, a troublemaker. 
And when I say I'm a troublemaker, I am from a family of troublemakers. Um, I have a book and it's called A Time to Protest and Leadership Lessons from my father who survived the segregated South. And what I came to understand <clears throat> when I wrote the book, I put his stories together. He used to share with us all the time. And once I put the stories together and put the history of my family around it and the history of the time around it, that's when I understood he was sharing with us stories of protest. So I grew up on protest and he was very involved in politics and uh, getting people registered to vote. And he sent his children at the age time frame when Choice came to Virginia in 1965, he sent the four children that he had in the school system to the white school system. And I went to the white school system in 1966. So I have lived this life all the time. Right. And so this area of the country, Franklin County, Everybody knows everybody and everybody knows my family. So they did not want me in the school system. And one of the, the things that you won't believe is that um, one of the, the um, HR director at the time came to the NAACP meeting and actually said, well, you have to have more than a degree in being qualified. You also have to be a good person. And that was wow. okay. Yeah, and that was okay with the Franklin County NAACP for him to say that. Wow. Yeah. And so, they, define, they define good person as somebody who never says anything about anything unjust, right? Good person yeah. was defined as never disagree with us and say nothing. <laughs> and behave yourself. Behave yourself. Right, right, right. And so, and so at this time was also the, Obama, the Barack Obama presidential campaign. And uh, a gentleman out of Roanoke came and asked me, would I manage the campaign in Franklin County? Because he had been trying to find someone, but nobody would step up because they were concerned. They hadn't decided between Barack Obama and Hillary. Well, when Barack Obama said, I think I was in. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so right. then I ended up uh, being the grassroots uh, person for Franklin County, Henry County, and Pennsylvania County. So we helped turn Virginia blue in 2008. And what the Democratic Party of Virginia has to understand, yeah, you might get 90-some percent in Northern Virginia, and you might get 90-some percent in Hampton Roads, but you need my 30% or my 35% in the rural area. Not only did we help turn Virginia blue, we provided the biggest congressional upset in 2008, which was Tom Periello, who unseated a six-term congressman. Right. And um, Tom even, you know, shook my hand afterwards and said, you know, you, you are why I won. And because one of the things we went out and did, we registered over 500 uh, unlikely voters in Franklin County alone. Once we registered them, we kept their names. And on get out to vote day, we placed phone calls. And if we they needed a ride, we went and picked them up. And a little uh, young girl said, well, you know, I'm sick today. I said, I, I understand, baby, but you got to get out your bed today. I'll come pick you up, take you to vote, feed you, and then you can go back to bed. But we have got to vote today. 
Right, right. Yeah, you know, I remember 2008 in Virginia really, really well. The lines were down the street. Yes. Uh, I remember seeing Norfolk and Richmond on the same day uh, as that historic election. And it was incredible. The, the The level of energy was incredible around Barack Obama. Uh, I always thought that Perriello and Glenn Nye won effectively on his coattails. But you tell me the details. Tell me, you know, what it took to win in a place in Virginia that a lot of, I think a lot of people, frankly, in the Democratic Party have given up on. Yeah. Well, it, it, it takes the work. And one of the things, like, for instance, the Democratic Party, they'll come in during campaign time. Or, you know, they'll visit the black churches during campaign time. And actually uh, what they do is they campaign all over the state except for rural Virginia. And then when they get close, oh, looks like we might need rural Virginia. Or we, or we might need the black vote. So on the last week, they come to rural Virginia or come try and get the black vote. And that's another thing that I like about red, wine, and blue. We are in the communities to stay. We, we're not leaving. Uh, we, are, we are here to stay. So it, wow. it took the work. And when Tom Perriello ran the second time, I tried to share with folks, look, the work's not happening. You, you, I know what it took to do in 2008, and you're not doing it in 2010. And it was really interesting. I um, went to this uh, person that was uh, a delegate in the House at the time uh, to share with him you know, what I had done on the Obama ca campaign and Tom Perriello and wanted to work with him. He said, oh yeah, but uh, that's because, you know, Barack Obama was black. That's why black people voted for Barack Obama. I said, so if um, Clarence Thomas was running, do you think we would vote for him? <laughs> right. So, so I said, so it wasn't because he was black. It's because he had a message and he had people that could deliver the message to the appropriate people. And that is what it takes. Right. No, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, what happened to the party? What did you think? The state of play now is, you know, we're two years down the road, but what, what's your feeling about 2021? I'm sure you've heard me say on the podcast that part of the reason, of course, that Glenn Youngkin is now the sitting governor of Virginia is that he did get on a big bus and ride into Southwest and not only Southwest, Alexandria. You know, he rode into a few places that I was a little surprised at, but of course, I was not where you were. So I want you to talk about what, what did you see in 2021? Well, actually, I was on the school board in 2021. Oh, wow. Which school yes, board were you on? Franklin County School Franklin Board. Franklin County School Board. Oh, wow. Okay. But yeah, after they didn't hire me, wow. I decided I would run. And <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And, and so I ran and I served two terms, eight years. Mm -hmm. And I was running in 2021. And so I got to see the people coming to the school board about CR, CRT, um, transgender issues, and the mask issues. And it was very interesting because, of course, I had never heard of CRT until I went to get someone or uh, ask someone to uh, sign my petition so that I could get on the ballot. They were like, well, do you believe in CRT? I'm like, well, what's CRT? Right. Oh, critical race theory. And said, so, well, you have to know about that. So I got to see uh, a lot of folks coming to the board meetings, being very loud, very rude, 
at our school board allowing them to be very loud and very rude. Um, some would, doing their three minutes would sing. Some doing their three minutes wanted everybody to pray. I didn't bow my head because I don't allow just anybody to pray for me. Um, I ended up uh, doing one session because um, it was, um, they were really campaigning hard against me. Mm -hmm. And so based on some things they were saying that I said versus what I did say, and then uh, my school board wanted me to uh, basically share that this was my opinion and not the school boards, which I was glad to do. And during, while I was sharing that, um, people in the audience got a little rude. And I asked them to respect the public meeting. They didn't, so I had to share, remove them, which that's what should have happened at the very beginning. And so that people could understand um, that we were serious about how to act uh, in a public meeting. Right. But, but back to your question, to me, what happened, again, it should not have been a surprise to the Democratic Party if they had the appropriate people participating in it and was listening because it was nothing new. It was the same playbook. It's just that they were loud about it. And the Democratic Party let them do that without us responding and uh, doing some of the same, but only telling the truth. Right. I hear you. Uh, yeah, as Bill Clinton, as Bill Clinton used to say, loud and wrong sometimes wins because you're loud <laughs> and there's no yeah, response to it. State you know. of play is, what are you hearing out there? How does it feel out there? Which races are you close to out there? Well, I'm, a lot of us, well, my, my team is just getting on the ground. And, uh, but I meet weekly or, or monthly or, or bi-monthly bi with other organizations um, that do have their ear to the ground. And it's it's very tight. I'm hearing that it's very tight. Um, so everybody really needs to continue to work very hard because I think it's going to come down to the wire. It's going to uh, depend on the turnout. Um, now, one of the races that I'm very close to is uh, Trish White Board mm -hmm. in Roanoke, Virginia, which I think for the most part, a, a lot of people have given up on. Uh, yeah. But I don't, I think that she can win if the work is put in and she's putting in the work. And and, and so I'm hoping that uh, people do, when I say people, the Democratic Party, et cetera, change their mind and try to make certain she wins. Yeah, I, I'm already ticked off about the lack of enthusiasm. For, first of all, we just saw a June 20 primary with a lot of shocking results as a, uh, as a result of redistricting and sometimes as a result of retirements. Uh, we live in a time where we're fighting literally uh, a fascist push by a very different Republican Party, not the Republican Party of our fathers and grandfathers. And what I'm saying to a lot of my friends uh, in the Democratic Party is, is wake up. And, and Trish White Boyd's race is one of these where I think she is the most Southwest 
she is she's the most southwest so so the the idea that there's just the throwing up of the hands on some of these races and i get that pseudoline is an incumbent i get it all he's actually a more moderate republican a libertarian style republican but uh, you're just throwing your hands up on that <laughs> you know and that is that is shocking to me well and even with that their numbers are very close and you think about the issues that we get to talk about with women and if we get that suburban vote trish wins i'm trish white boy on run up city council i fought to bring jobs and opportunity to this region better funding for our law enforcement and to fix our broken bridges and highways in the state senate i will fight to fix our broken infrastructure by supporting improvements to i-81 together we can create job opportunities expand technical education and put tax dollars back in your pocket i'm trish white boyd and i approve this message i don't think the republican party is so different than our fathers and grandfathers when i say that of course back in the day it was the democratic party and they just did a flip right right but it's the same exact tactics i mean when you when you look at um, the, the march on Washington that we just did and then what happened in Florida versus the march on Washington 60 years ago and what happened in Alabama or the voting tactics that they used uh, back in that time frame versus the voting tactics that they're using now, the, the verbiage that they used then and the verbiage that they're using now, um, the violence that back then to keep people from voting and doing things and the violence that they are actually uh, doing now. It, it is the same thing. I, I call it the, um, well, we had re, uh, the first reconstruction. The second reconstruction was the modern day civil rights movement. And this is the third reconstruction. We just don't know how it's going to turn out yet, but we are in the midst of it. That sounds about right. They they definitely have an intimidation game that's going on a little heavier than I would have guessed. I mean, that whole thing that you were talking about in the school board meeting, the sort of we're loud and you never know what we might do sort of attitude backed up by their everybody should have a gun gun policy. Mm -hmm. Something that is uh, certainly flirting with the idea of, yeah, we might get violent if we have to, all but saying it in a lot of cases. Yes. Uh, but there's like a bullying tactic there with certain mm -hmm. members of the Republican Party that they lean into that, that Donald Trump dog whistles if quite often. If these radical, vicious, racist prosecutors do anything wrong or illegal, I hope we are going to have in this country the biggest protest we have ever had in Washington, D.C., in New York, in Atlanta and elsewhere, because our country and our elections are corrupt. In reality, they're not after me, they're after you. And I just happen to be the person that's in the way. That's what they're after. It's been going on for years. Also, why is it called red wine and blue because we're women sitting around sipping the wine? Is that what that is? <laughs> that's, that's how it started. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, yeah, yeah, so it was women having conversations, sipping wine. And so that's how it started. Yes. That's great. Okay. That's great. <laughs> All right. Uh, I think that's it. I can't think of anything else that covers most of what I want to cover. Um, 
but lying is a thing and it's good that y'all are working on this because lying lying is real and lying works and one of the tactics that we share is don't repeat disinformation so when they come out and say um the the democrats uh will allow abortion up until just before the baby's born don't repeat that but uh talk about you know what you do know with regard to um women's rights if you had to list a top three issues where people are lying and there's disinformation and we're having to tackle this at red wine and blue what would those three issues be well of course women's right to health so the the, the abortion issue um and the public school funding and gun violence. Okay, so that was episode 22 of the Black Virginia Podcast. That was Penny Edwards Blue of Red Wine and Blue. That was recorded on August 29, 2023. And there will be much more to come. I want to say thank you to all of the subscribers of Black Virginia News. It's a big help. Thank you so much. This is Lauren Burke, and uh, we will see you soon. Subscribe to Black Virginia News at blackvirginianews.substack.com. Follow Black Virginia News on Facebook at facebook.com backslash News and on TikTok and Twitter at Black Virginia News. Send comments and tips to blackvirginianews at gmail.com.